This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. It is rivalry week for the Michigan football team. They host Michigan State Saturday night under the lights. Be on ABC for those watching on TV, but but should be a pretty charged atmosphere. Should be fun. You know, I've been doing a lot of the preview stuff. There's certainly... You know, I always say this. I know Michigan and Ohio State are are the biggest rivals on on the football field, but I think among fans, and Steve, you can jump in if you disagree. I almost think Michigan and Michigan State fans hate each other more than Michigan and Ohio State fans. I think there's just so many, you know, families where there's alumni of two different schools, or so many workplaces where there's alumni of different schools. So it's been it's been interesting, uh, you know, as as the media perspective, seeing all the different the different smack talk or the arguments or the, the discussion, certainly a, a, a different kind of build up to this game than it was last season. Last season, it was top 10 matchup for both teams. Both teams were kind of enjoying Renaissance seasons this season. Michigan is seven and zero. Michigan state is three and four. Only, only power five win was a double overtime win over Wisconsin. So a flawed team, but definitely a team, in a in a bigger rebuild than I think, you know, even the biggest Michigan State critics would have necessarily expected this season. But we're going to talk about the keys for the Wolverines on both sides of the ball. Michigan is is favored by a lot of points, but I, I saw the stat that in the last fifty four years, Michigan has been favored in this matchup forty nine times, and Michigan State has fifteen wins as an underdog, including several as a double digit underdog. So definitely still. Still a matchup worth, you know, really digging in on and, and previewing. We'll start with Michigan's offense against a Michigan State defense that is outside the top 100 in every single pass defense category. But Steve, when I think about my biggest key, you know, I, I went into when I started looking into Michigan State season, watching, you know, what they've done a little bit more closely, digging into the numbers. I kind of thought that they would have to pass to set up the run, but I think Michigan can honestly. As long as they own the trenches, I think they can do whatever they want offensively. You know, Minnesota got over 200 rushing yards, more than five yards of carry against the Spartans, and, and Ohio State did too. I think that their Michigan State, I assume their game plan is going to be to try to st- stack the box and really, really stuff the run. So I don't think Michigan can be one-dimensional, but I'm kind of seeing a team that, that Michigan, I think the, big, the biggest key is avoid stepping on your own foot avoid the turnovers. And I think as long as Michigan's offensive line comes to play and understands that it's going to be a, a more consistently physical matchup than a typical three and four team, right? Like if this weren't Michigan state, I think all of us outsiders would be predicting a 
25, 30 point victory for the Wolverines, but because it is Michigan state, you know, I, I anticipate it being a more of a physical battle in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, regardless of the score. So for me, I think it's pretty simple. Don't turn the ball over unnecessarily. And then also just, just own the trenches because, you know, this is a Michigan state defense. This is not the same kind of defensive front that, that, you know, I think they're used to having. It's a little bit smaller. Uh, it's a little bit less experienced. Injuries haven't helped, threat, you know, in terms of the results. But at the same time, against the teams on its schedule, particularly the good, you know, bowl trending power five teams, this is a defensive front that's been pushed around a little bit. So, Steve, what's the biggest key offense in this matchup in your mind? Yeah, I mean, there's always like that voodoo in this game, particularly, honestly, even the last two seasons, games that Michigan realistically should have won handily. Um, yeah, I don't want to be weird to see Michigan State try to stack the box with how poor their passing defense continues to be, but honestly, that that still might be their best bet to create a turnover. Uh, even really, I think maybe just play aggressively up front either way, blitz, stack the box, you know, my assumption is that they'll try that this, they think this comes down to forcing McCarthy to into a few of those make water into wine type plays and that they can snag a couple of them and, and, and try to capitalize. I mean, I'm guessing because yeah, I've watched Michigan state a few games this season and yeah, if this was any other team in the conference that Michigan was playing this week, I mean, outside of Ohio state, but just on the name, uh, yeah, we would be discussing it a lot differently, I feel like, because Michigan State's going to have to play probably by far the best game they've played all season to have a shot at winning. It's just a fact. You know, it's like you read these press conferences about, you know, relishing in the underdog role, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it, it's not a contrived stance uh, to put them in the underdog role. I mean, they're there for a reason. So, uh, yeah, Michigan – I think if you're Michigan, you keep doing exactly what you've been doing if you can. You know, I, I I think it's quieted down a little bit, but I really just, I still don't quite get this, you know, that they have to open it up. I think somebody, maybe it was on the board, somebody made a comment that really stood out to me. I either read it, so I read it somewhere, was, you know, Michigan is doing to teams on the ground what Ohio State is just so beloved for, for doing to teams through the air. And you know, you don't see Ohio State necessarily changing their identity in in a, in a given game just just for the sake of changing their identity. You know, so Michigan is mashing up front. They're they're they look like the playbook is expanding. They'll have more ready for this week. Harbaugh's already said so. You know, I guess it, I'm just really and squarely in the uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I, I you'd think people would learn from the Washington game last year that that this works, you know? And so I don't see Michigan state doesn't do anything so well that I think Michigan really needs to change any of their approach until, you know, until maybe you get to game time. If Michigan state does show that they're capable of slowing it down, then you, then you can change your, your path to victory. But even then, you know, I just McCarthy still one of the most accurate passers in the country. It's just, Michigan's offense is a tough matchup for anybody right now, I feel like. Uh, I just don't really think there's any way you can deny that. 
Yeah, I think the breadth of of pass catchers as well. I mean, it's if you cover Ronnie Bell, they can go to Cornelius Johnson or Roman Wilson or Luke Schoonmaker or the running backs. I mean, it's it it's it's a luxury, and that's what Michigan spent years trying to build. It, and certainly, the run game is is the star of the show so far. Uh, but you know what? I, one thing I will say, you know, because I think the natural argument to your point, Steve, is how are you going to win in the playoffs if you don't have a prolific passing attack? And and I think that's fair. But I think if you go look, and maybe this is a story to you know, keep in the back of my mind to maybe do if Michigan continues on its trajectory. You know, I go back to J.J. McCarthy's quote against after the Penn State game where he said, it's not air raid offenses that are winning the national title. Every single team that wins the national title has at least one very good running back. I mean, even LSU, I think a lot of people view that as maybe a, a true prolific passing attack. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was pretty darn good at running back too. You know, so it's you do need to be able to run the ball. And if you're run first, I don't think that's disqualifying. Now, I think there is some element of you don't want JJ McCarthy and Michigan's passing attack. You know, say they fall behind 14 nothing to Ohio State, and suddenly they don't know how to get out of that hole. So I don't think you want to ignore that deep ball passing or, or kind of that, that passing to win the game playbook. But at the same time, I'm with you. I think, I think Michigan can go into this game wanting to be run first, and I think they're going to have success. Just some 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 rankings where Michigan's defense Michigan State's defense ranks uh they're 64th in yards per carry 80th in yards per game allowed rushing in the passing game they are 105th in yards total yards per game 102nd in total yards per play 110th in passing yards per game 114th in passing yards per attempt 122nd in passer rating allowed 124th in completion percentage allowed Michigan is first offensively in completion percentage. So uh, this is just a, I think it's a real opportunity for Michigan to, I guess, show what it can do offensively. You know, there's, there's some element of just, just make sure you're winning the game. Don't go crazy. But I do think if Michigan can avoid the turnovers and own the trenches, I think there's going to be a real opportunity here. We can keep talking about it, but I do want to throw in some, some over unders. Let's start with this run game. Since we're since we're already on the topic, over under these are from Neil, our our good friend. Uh, he's via Zool ninety seven on the message boards, but he says two hundred nineteen point five rushing yards for Michigan in the game. Total rushing yards, I assume sacks will count as negatives, but at the same time, this is this is all the running backs and everything. I'm taking the over on this one. I think I think Michigan State, even if they do focus most on stopping the run. I think that there's going to be opportunities for Michigan to really put its foot down in the run game more so than last season. I would argue more so than, you know, 2019, 2018. You know, I think Michigan state for a long time had great run defenses. I don't think this is a, a great run defense. So I'm taking the over Steve, your thoughts. I'm taking the over. I pretty much agree with everything you said there. I mean, watching how Michigan sort of owned Penn State schematically. I just feel like the run game is clicking on almost all of its cylinders right now. And it's, it's just, 
at some point, you know, and like I said, you talk about the voodoo, like at some point you have to see what you see in front of you and, and think like, you know, hard not to see Michigan having success in the ground. Yeah. I mean, in, in 219 or 220, I suppose it's not like a ton, it, especially if I think you and I, not to spoil it, but I think you and I both anticipate Michigan to win this game and, and hold a lead for much of the game. I mean, 220 is not that many for, you know, over the course of a game when, when you run the ball, say 40 times, I think the one thing that will be interesting, Michigan state, they're not, they're not great against the run. They don't miss tackles though. Like this isn't Penn state, Penn state, one of the worst tackling actually by in power five football, they are the worst team in the country at tackling in the run game. They have the most missed tackles per carry. I actually, for a project I'm doing about Michigan's run defense, I actually came across that stat. Michigan State's above average in that regard. So they're not going to, you know, it's not going to be like this, you know, a yards per carry. I wouldn't necessarily predict six, seven, eight yards per carry ahead of the game. Uh, but at the same time, I think Michigan is going to be able to have success running the ball. I think it'll be a little bit like the Indiana game where, or, or the Iowa game where it might not be big plays. But I think they're going to, I don't think there's going to be a ton of tackles for loss. Okay, next one. Let's talk about the tight end. 79.5 receiving yards from all tight ends. Not that it's necessarily surprised, but Eric All officially out for the season. Luke Schoonmaker has filled in pretty darn well. I think he's playing himself into a into an NFL draft situation, to be honest. But Steve, your thoughts? If at some point Michigan is going to pass. They passed. They threw the ball quite a bit in this game last season. You see how other teams are having success throwing the ball. Think about Maryland, Washington, Ohio State. Even Minnesota had some success. Wisconsin didn't, but I, I would think Michigan's passing attack is better than Wisconsin's. So, Steve, your thoughts on, I mean, what, what do you see in this passing offense on Saturday? And do the tight ends alone get to 79.5 receiving yards that feels like a high number to me so I'm actually going to take the under but what are your thoughts I took the under too uh Minnesota like I think Tanner Morgan was like 22 for 24 at one point in the game against Michigan State so you know yeah they're right up there with Maryland and Ohio State honestly as far as having success throwing the football so um yeah I don't know I guess in in a funny way I think the only way Michigan gets over that is if, uh, you know, they've been mixing Colson Loveland in more and more in passing downs at that spot. And, you know, he, they, they seem to be trying to design a couple plays to get him involved. So, you know, if they, maybe if they mix him in, they can get there. Otherwise, no, I, I think this will be a game where, yeah, I think that depth, that wide receiver and Edwards out of the backfield, I think is where Michigan will do more of their damage in the passing game. Yeah, I think this is this is a game where I mean the the completion percentage Michigan State allows really jumps out. But interestingly, I I think this is a game where I don't know who it's going to be, uh, but I, I think Michigan State's cornerbacks they're among the worst. They're probably they might be the worst coverage cornerback duo in Power Five football. I mean, there's different metrics you can use to to measure that, but I think this is going to be an opportunity if Michigan wants to to really work the sidelines, work the perimeters, work downfield. 
I don't think that's necessarily Michigan's like go-to approach, but I do. Th- I mean, it's it's a more efficient way to get downfield you know, if you can complete those those deep passes and and you know, I think philosophically, I I gotta think Michigan has something in the back of their minds. Winning is is probably the first priority, but I I would be surprised if Michigan coaches and and the offensive players weren't kind of thinking, hey. If if the Wolverines are able to build a lead, you know, do they try to pour it on, so to speak? So I'm intrigued about it. All right, last offensive over under. Does the offensive line allow five tackles for loss? This feels like an easy under. Maybe I'm missing something numbers wise. Uh, Michigan State not not terrible at tackles for loss, but they're they're 63rd nationally in tackles for loss per game. Uh, Michigan's offense is 32nd nationally in allowing tackles for a loss per game. I Five negative plays, I guess it could happen, especially if Michigan's staying on the field as much as I anticipate. But I really felt like the the offensive line really played Joe Moore award-level play against Penn State and give them a bye week, chance to kind of recover. I don't know. So it would be Trent A. Jones or Carson Barnhart, but you know they'd be more full strength, less dinged up. Boy, I, I I'd be surprised if if Michigan State got five tackles for loss or more. That would that would indicate to me that Michigan is unorganized offensively or isn't quite. You know, it's almost like missing assignments here and there. But Steve, how about you? Four point five tackles for loss allowed by Michigan's offensive line. Yeah, I mean, we've agreed on all three so far, but to me, they've been pretty easy to go with. I'm going under as well, just based on like history here uh, or just what the what these two teams have done and and what they look like coming into this game, because I agree it's going to take some missteps for Michigan up front for for Michigan State to hit that number. You know, not only like missing assignments and stuff, maybe, but like the other thing is like Michigan they're they feel athletic enough even at the quarterback position to maneuver out of potential tackles for loss in certain situations. So uh, yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to take the under on that one. All right. That's going to do it for our offensive keys and over-unders. We'll take a quick break on the other side. We'll talk about the defense and we'll also give our final predictions for this game. You're listening to the Wolverine 24 seven podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back. Thanks for waiting. Steve, what's what's the biggest key for Michigan's defense in this game? I mean, it, it, it's clear, Michigan State is clearly missing Kenneth Walker, the third. Really feels, in my, my mind, statistically like a one-dimensional offense. But, but from what you've been able to see from the Spartans so far, what are the biggest, what is or are the biggest keys for Michigan's defense in this matchup? Not get whistled for pass interference. I guess I, I, am I am I the only one thinking that Michigan State's going to try to do this run a similar thing to what they did in twenty twenty? 
just yeah, I, I think they will the, and throw the ball up a lot and either well, you know, the receiver either makes an amazing catch or they get whistled. And they're eighth nationally in penalty yards drawn per game. See, yeah, it's, so yeah, I think it's going to be similar to Indiana because Indiana's yep. right in that mix in terms of drawing penalties. It's a part of their game plan. Yeah, not knocking the game plan. I just I think that's what they're I think that's what they're going to try to do. You know, I again looking at the run, their running game. I just it's just hard to fathom them sustaining any kind of prolonged success in this game running the football. You know, so then you then you move to the air. Cole Coleman and Reed might be their two best players. You know, so you, you try to get them the ball, and yeah, I mean, you, I think they're going to try to yeah they're going to try to get as many 50-50 chances as they can give their guys, and either make the grab or try to draw a flag out of it and, and just move the ball that way. So what I noticed when I see Michigan state's passing attack is there's a certain level of fearlessness. And I think part of it is that, that pass interference possibility. They don't need Reed or Coleman or Mosley to be like open, open to throw the ball. Like they'll, they'll give it a try downfield regardless. Um, you know, roughly one in six, passes for Michigan State actually exactly one in six passes for Michigan State has been 20 or more yards downfield and that's actually the highest rate Michigan has faced in Big Ten play this season so it's I I think even though you know I think a lot of teams have ignored Javon Green and DJ Turner and they've kind of looked like almost seemed like islands in coverage at times I don't think Michigan State's going to ignore them I think they're going to really work those boundaries try to get the ball and read in Coleman's hands, you know, try to kind of like the Penn State playbook a few years ago when they would just go for the 50-50 balls and 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 have success with it too. I mean, both of those guys have have pretty good rates on contested catches, uh, are really among the Big Ten leaders in catching passes and traffic. So I think I think ultimately just not getting lulled into anything, right? I mean, if you're if you're Jermon Green or DJ Turner. And it doesn't seem like they're going to throw your way because you've been having success. Don't don't fall into that sense of security. I mean, they might throw throw your way any down, any distance, any situation, uh, even if you are doing well in coverage. So you know, that and that's that. Ultimately, that's something where that's somewhere where Jermon Green struggled in 2020. If if memory serves, it was a lot of those 50-50 balls tracking the ball. Um, you know, he 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 is covering his man in the sense of he is in position, but there is some technique and some savvy to making a play on the ball coming your way without committing a penalty or allowing a big play. So, yeah, I think that's, that's really a big key. Uh, probably, probably the big key. I think the other one I can think of you know, Michigan state, they do have good tight ends. And I, I do think, you know, this is a situation where if Michigan state's doing its homework and, History suggests that they usually do. You know, are they able to pinpoint something that in Michigan's defense that other teams haven't exploited as much as expected? I think tight end coverage might be might be one of them, and slot coverage as well with Trey Mosley. So it'll be interesting because I think I said the same thing before the Penn State game, and Penn State really did not get the ball in Parker Washington's hands or, or Brenton Strange's hands, and then the next week suddenly you know, the tight ends and slot receivers for the Nittany Lions are going off. So maybe Michigan has has solved this puzzle a little bit, but I, I have to think Michigan State is going to at least try 
you know, those, those middle of the field, maybe the crossing route type coverage situations, test, test Michigan a little bit, see if they can get them out of position. Steve, anything jump out to you? I mean, last season, I think the, the big wild card or the wrench Michigan state threw in the, in the game plan was, was going tempo. Anything jump out to you about what you've seen from Michigan state or Michigan that in a situation where Michigan state's probably going into this game with a quote unquote, nothing to lose game plan. Anything else jump out to you as something you have to be on guard for. I I do think the penalty one will be interesting to see how Michigan, you know, do they get grabby when they're constantly having to, to go downfield in coverage, but anything else jump out to you? Uh, not in particular, just, just because we, we, you know, have not seen Michigan state run the ball that well against quality competition, you know? So it, it's just, it, I can't fathom seeing them like it's going to have to be pass first for them to, to open everything else up defensively. Uh, you know, whereas Michigan feels like Michigan can, will be able to run the football or should be able to run the football well enough to open up some stuff for the play action. Just don't again. And who knows this game is always kind of the weird one. And if there's one thing, this game has a tendency to be kind of weird, uh, but there's just nothing to suggest that Michigan state should not have to, should have to go anywhere, but pass first and then try to open up the running game to create a little bit more balance, uh, you know, and yeah, the 50, 50 balls, the grabbiness that that's going to, it's, you know, we'll see how the game is called as well. Uh, that can make a difference. You know, I think, I think a lot of Michigan fans would argue the 2020 game was called pretty tightly by the officials, but more so not because Michigan isn't grabby, but because they under Zordich, they kind of always were grabby, uh, just seemed to get away with it a decent amount or, or it wasn't egregious. So, you know, that'll be kind of an interesting little uh, thing to watch on the outside. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, I, I think Michigan state's going to have to pass first to have any success offensively. Um, you know, I just, other, I always, the other thing I always go to is, uh, you know, doesn't it just feel, you know, no running game or a difficult time running the football, you're going to be in a lot of second and eight, second and nine, or if you're passing and you, you're incomplete second and tens, you know, it's just, I think a lot of this in these types of games comes down to winning first down, uh, you know, and, and I think Michigan can play conservatively as far as defending Michigan state's passing game. Again, I, I always point to these like between Mozzie Smith and Chris Jenkins, it just Michigan has two elite, run defenders in the middle and then you have Jalen Harrell on the side on the edge you know it's just Michigan's like I said that that diversity of guys that Michigan has uh defensively has has really allowed Minter to kind of maybe do more dictating than what defensive coordinators normally do uh so you know yeah it's going to be interesting to see if is this a game where Michigan State they get a couple big plays and then Michigan just you know, I'm, I'm trying to find a path to victory for Michigan State. I suppose, I, I guess it's got to be they hit on a few big plays, and, and Michigan just really looks out of sync offensively. Uh, but if these two teams both play their best game, it's just hard not to see Michigan winning and, and comfortably. Yeah, I think the one-dimensional component, because I, I do think, you know, Jim Harbaugh, he said that he felt like Michigan State has the best receiving core Michigan has faced this season. I would argue... Penn State and Maryland 
could probably be right in that conversation in terms of who they've faced so far. But I do get where he's coming from. It's not like this is a unathletic or untalented receiver room or or receiver room who can't make can't make plays. Uh, you know, I think Coleman's had a few drops, but but at the same time, he's made up for it with some really nice 50-50 grabs. So it's, you know, Michigan's going to have to show up and, you know, going to have to be really effective in, in when Michigan State takes a shot, not giving up the free ones. If you get beat a couple times, fine. Uh, but this is, really, this is really a situation where I think Michigan, like you said, as long as they don't trip up in coverage, they're going to win the aggregate war, so to speak. They might lose an individual play battle here and there, but they'll win win the war in coverage. Uh, and then ultimately, without a run game, you know, Michigan's defensive front going to be able to, I guess, identify the play sooner. And we've seen, particularly in the, the third and fourth quarter of recent games for the Wolverines, when that happens, that's when the pass rush really starts to come alive. Solid or, or decent throughout much of the game, but then it really starts to ramp up in obvious passing situations. All right, let's knock out a few of these defensive over-unders. We'll have a full story with all 10 of them uh, over on our message board over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. On the run game, Michigan's leading rusher gets 49.5 yards rushing Boy, this this feels like an under. I, I know they they had a little bit more success running the ball against Wisconsin, but Michigan is looking like a top four run defense in the country right now. I think you brought it up. I asked you know Jesse Mincher about it yesterday. Mozzie Smith, Chris Jenkins, just every single run play, they are making a difference. Whether they make the tackle or not, it is almost impossible for other teams to run the ball up the middle uh, against those two. And, and, you know, they're big, they're strong, they're crafty, they're experienced. You know, I think, and I think they're getting better at the, the shedding blocks portion. I think for a long, you know, they, they were space eaters or space movers, whatever you want to call it for a while. Now they're starting to, to get off those blocks and, and even get off a couple double teams. I thought, thought Mozzie Smith started to do that. Yeah. They're stopping everything up the middle. And so it, yeah, for me, it's hard to imagine Jalen Berger, Jarek Broussard, Elijah Collins. Part of it's that they might rotate all three. I, I mean, Berger's the main guy, but but you know, all three are going to get carries. I don't think any of them get to 50 yards. Steve, how about you? I mean, is this a game where I, I guess one or two plays could make the difference here, whether, even if it's like late in the game, but your thoughts? I did say over on this one. I don't think I don't think it'll be anything way over that number. Uh, I think one of the two guys that they they like to give the ball to will get somewhere like a 50, 54, 55 yard type deal. Um, yeah, Ag- aggregate like you like that's a good word. Uh, don't think they're going to sustain any success running the ball. I just I think maybe a couple 10, 15 yard runs, and then they keep trying to run the ball and get there. In their five power five games so far this season, they have not run for more than 100 yards. And they ran for 42 against Washington, 38 against Minnesota, and seven against Ohio State. The only team that they averaged more than 
2.75 yards per carry against was Maryland, where they got to 100 yards on the nose on 4.5 yards per carry. So feel feel like Michigan's going to be able to have some success against the run. All right, how about Jaden Reed's 5.5 catches over under? We've talked about him quite a bit. Uh, he's he's been around the block a few times. This is not you know he's been a part of this rivalry for a while. Clearly a favorite target of Peyton Thorne. Although Keon Coleman's starting to get a pretty good amount of targets too. But does Jaden Reed get six or more catches in this contest? Yeah, I say over. I think he's going to be the guy they try to feed. You know, I mean, Coleman as well, obviously, but Reed is their number one guy. I think they try to feed him the ball as much as possible, so I'm going to say over. Yeah, who was it? Was it Aaron Burbridge back in 2015? They targeted him like 19 times. Uh, different coach, different quarterback, different receiver, different defense. I mean, at whole, different everything, but but it does feel like in 2020, in I mean, really every year that they didn't have Kenneth Walker the third, there has been a a big emphasis on getting the ball to their talented receivers because they often do have talented receivers. And Jaden Reed is one of them. I guess just so we can disagree a little bit, I might, I might take the under on this one. Um, I think, I think Michigan will be prepared for that matchup. And even if they target him 10 times, I mean, do we expect Reed to come down with six of them? I mean, I feel like that would, that would maybe be an indication that, DJ Turner or, or Jermaine, I don't know who, who they would match up against him, but maybe not having their best day in coverage. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the under, although that's feels like I'm ripe to be wrong on that one. All right. Last one, 0.5 more passing yards for Peyton Thorne versus Michigan state punting yards. So far this season, Michigan state has been very good at punting. Their punter is averaging more than 51 yards per punt. I think in the overall season total, I think he's close to Thorne in, in yards. So does does Michigan State, if he averages 50 yards a punt, theoretically five punts would be 250 yards. Thorne, we expect him to throw the ball a lot. So this will, might be a testament to how effective we think Michigan will be in that pass defense. Who runs for, or who has more yards? Michigan State's punter, Bryce Beringer, or quarterback Peyton Thorne I think when I sent it to you I said the opposite of whatever you said I think the punter has more yards just because he's I mean five say he punts five times 50 a pop 250 I don't know am I am I crazy like I'm just I feel like he's been their best player and I don't mean that as a knock I mean he probably is the he could be the best punter in the country um just so you have the number in front of you he is averaging 220.3 punting yards per game. Peyton Thorne is averaging 214 passing uh, yards per game. Yeah, no wonder that was the over-under. Um, yeah, I think the punter has more. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way as well. I mean, I, I think I think I would be surprised if he had fewer than 200 punting yards. I think that would suggest that Michigan State or that Mi- Michigan State had pretty good success against Michigan moving the football because that would indicate that he did not punt more than four times. And then I also think I would be surprised if Thorne threw for 250 yards. And maybe that's me not being aware of what Michigan State's about to bring on Saturday. I've been wrong previewing this matchup before. I just, I don't feel like he's going to throw for 250 or, or 
over 225. And I think, I think the Michigan state's going to have to punt five times in the game. So yeah, I'm going to go with the punter for this one. All right, Steve, your final thoughts on this game, anything you haven't mentioned yet or want to mention before the game kicks off and your final prediction for this game. Uh, No excuse for Michigan here. They've lost the last two. They're a better football team. This is a game where I, you know, if they don't pull this off, it's, it'll be another, I think it's a case of it being mental more than anything. Uh, There's really nothing on paper that that suggests that Michigan state uh, can win this football game. And and that's okay. As far as, as it pertains to the rivalry, you know, I think Michigan, this, it feels like there's better focus here, but again, I mean, we thought, you know, Michigan looked really good heading into East Lansing last year. I just, we've seen now how big of an impact Kenneth Walker had on Michigan. I mean, you're seeing what he's doing in the NFL already. Um, special, special player. They don't have another one of those guys on their offense or defense. So, you know, like I said, path of victory for Michigan state would be connecting on some deep 50 fifties, couple scores in the red zone and, and Michigan really just kind of laying an egg offensively. I just, I don't foresee that happening. So uh, still picking Michigan state to cover. Uh, so I'm going Michigan 35. I'm not doing a, I'm doing a, a normal person score this week. Uh, Michigan 35, Michigan state 17. Tired of being embarrassed about your arcane scores? No, just okay. I you heard know, you got I, called out about it. So a uh, few few times. That's all right. Though. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Forty. What's wrong with forty three to twelve? You know. <laughs> so. All right. I I agree with a lot of what you're saying, and I, I especially the part where this this game will this game will tell us a little bit about Michigan between the ears because I think this is a little bit more of a mental matchup than a physical one. If this were Indiana and we were do and they had the same season on paper, I think every I think you and I, I think every reporter predicting this game would expect Michigan to win by 30 plus. Especially at home, especially at night. But it is Michigan State. They are going to bring their best game. And I know that gets said all the time about this rivalry, but honestly until it's disproven, I I take it as fact. I take it as something that they do. That said, Steve, I always do like a pretty in-depth scouting report for our site, looking at you know all the different personnel. And what I always find is usually I come away with more respect for for the team that I don't cover because I see you know some of the key players, I see you know some of these stats, and I'm like, oh man, they they're pretty good at this or they're pretty good at that. This is the one time I I really came away thinking I came into the scouting report or the research or the, the study approach that I do kind of thinking Michigan state was being overlooked. I no longer think that I think this is, this is a lot more like the 2019 matchup between these two teams than what it felt like 2020 and, and 2021. I mean, you know, last season, I think people expected Michigan to win. It was a road game against a top 10 team. Like it's not like Michigan state was, four and four at that point. Like they they were pretty darn good themselves. They were undefeated. And, you know, in 2020, I think ultimately it just proved, you know, Michigan, you saw the rest of their season. That was 
clearly that game came before Michigan was revealed to be the team that they were. So, you know, I, I think ultimately this is just a game where Michigan's going to have to hold off. You know, they're going to have to show their culture. They're going to have to show that they, that they take this rivalry seriously, but also don't overexert, you know, committing the penalties or um, getting flustered if something goes wrong. I think we'll learn more about Michigan mentally than or between the ears than what we will, you know, on the field in this matchup based on how they perform, because this is, this feels like Michigan's game to win. And after all the, all I've been able to see and learn about Michigan state, I think it will be Michigan's game to win. I I've got them winning 38 to 10. I've got them covering. I think, I don't know that it'll necessarily be early and often in terms of the scoring, but I do think Michigan much like they have throughout the season will start to really win out in the second half of, of the game. You know, I think they're, their trench advantage on both sides of the ball is just too significant. I mean, you can play all the mind games you want. You are going to have to block and tackle up front. And I think Michigan's going to be able to do that. So I've got Michigan 38, Michigan State 10. Obviously, they play the game, so be sure to to read all of our preview coverage over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan247sports.com. We'll also be on the scene providing live updates before, during, and after the game. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you after the game.